Sports Gloss, Friday, March 10th. Justin and Jamal coming at you from Little Owl Studios in beautiful Fernwood, British Columbia, BC. Jamal, how are you? Man, I got that Friday energy. I'm feeling great. What a great time of year. We got Selection Sunday coming up this weekend, Daylight Savings Time. Tennis is flowing with Indian Wells, NBA and NHL right in the stretch run right now. Even got the Oscars on Sunday if you're so inclined. What a time to be alive, JC. Yes, sir. Let's go back to a week ago tonight. Let's just quickly go back to a week ago tonight when you and I and my eldest daughter went to UVic versus the University of Winnipeg. We went and checked out that game, the Canada West Finals. Pretty cool setting at the UVic gym there, Carso the kids call it. Great atmosphere, 2,500 in full throat. Lovely little game. UVic ends up winning by 24, let's call it, 24, 26, 28. Game always seemed to be in hand for the University of Victoria Vikes. Uh, Jamal, your thoughts on the atmosphere, the gameplay, what you noticed, what you like, what you didn't like. A little bit of your thoughts, please, sir. First time in Carsa, it was a good time there too. The like you said, the the crowd was really feeling it. You had the kids, uh, the local kids, the Uvic kids, right behind each basket. They were giving it to the refs, which I love. I love always it. love that mm-hmm. for sure. The refs were giving it back too, so it was it was all good fun. But it was great vibes. I had a nice little perch. There's not really a bad seat in that gym, honestly. You got great. It's a loud points. little band box. It's a loud little band box. For sure. I've, it kind of reminded me of some of the high school gyms I've been in in Virginia, but to a good effect, I love that it was really intimate and you could really get a feel for everything going on there. I was going to buy you a beverage as uh, stated in the last pod, but the, the lineups for the concession, uh, popcorn, adult beverage, Oh, those lineups were so long, JC. You'd miss you'd miss ten minutes or more of the action. Like everything was understaffed. Again, don't tell the fire department, but I think uh, there's too many people in that joint. <laughs> I've seen uh, lineups that long for for brunch in Victoria, but it was really interesting <laughs> to see it in that gym that night. Yeah, they were all there. Those brunchers were there. Uh, Diego Mafia, Canada West Player of the Year, all Canadian. Had uh, he, averaging twenty four and a half a game, had a quite a quite an I would say maybe a normal game for game for him. Eh, controlled the play, didn't hit as many shots as he normally would. Freshman Ronaldo Robinson played really well, sort of brought the energy early in the first half. Uh, Winnipeg always seemed to be trying to climb back into it, and they never really got it. JC, I agree. Like Uvic kind of gave him some opportunities to get back into that game, you know, but um. They always seemed like they were in control. I, I thought Uvic was going to skate by, and it seemed like a foregone conclusion. they just better athletes, better team. Mm-hmm. Mafia ran the show. He's got a lot of swag. They were hitting their threes. They were missing a few early, but then they started to hit them and, and get the boards when they needed it, and they closed it out. Diego Mafia, and a local in Oak Bay Bay, really was a drive and kick game for Uvic. They scored 95 points, but it felt really choppy to me, and it was... Mafia into the lane, kick to the corner for that eight ball corner pocket three. A lot of those shots coming from both sides and clearly it works. Sort of that new style of basketball, a little bit of the Golden State Warriors vibe in that play. Yeah, Uvic's loaded with a bunch of wings. I got a lot of guys. A lot of wings. A lot of wings. Like it's going to Buffalo Wild Wings Mm. for 
little spicy dinner, but little, yeah. Little hand-tossed teriyaki. <laughs> yes, sir. But they, they got the job done. It was it was interesting. Like, I was just thinking, okay, uh, Eli, Ralph, this uh, number two kid with the flow from Alberta, he's got a handle on him. Like, why doesn't he drive a bit more? He's got some size. But they were content with hitting a lot of the corner threes, as you said, and some step-back threes. And it's interesting. I'm wondering if they're going to adapt, if, they, if they're pressed to do so in mm-hmm. this tournament coming up, which we'll talk about in a moment. Skip ahead a week, just hours ago of us recording tonight, and Uvic wins their first game of the Nationals against the UPI Panthers. They win by a single point, 93-92 versus the Tidy. They win tonight and and advance in the National Tournament, and and the aforementioned Diego Mafia hits a clutch three with, with around 10 seconds left. Ronaldo Robinson makes a heck of a steal yes, to sort of solidify the win. Uvic's looking good. It's kind of cool. First time, your stat, first time they've been a number one seed in the national tournament since 2006. And pretty cool for the University of Victoria Vikings. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And it's a lot of pressure. They got a target on their chest. And they got the job done tonight. I know it had to be difficult going across country, time difference, all those things, getting acclimated into a new gym. Mm. UPEI, not as far of a trip for them. They got a lot of those good old Ontario boys that are familiar with that setting. And man, they eked it out. Good point. Shooting in a new gym, especially with the seating coming up, like it's hard to for your eyeballs to acclimate. Yes, sir. Even in my college experience, it's hard for your eyeballs to acclimate to to backboards and and rims in different settings with people behind it with people not behind it it takes a minute for for acclimation there that's an interesting process they go on tomorrow night they play saint fx tomorrow night a home game for them that uh that basketball setting is going to be absolutely on fire tomorrow <laughs> night jc that's cool the gauntlet has been laid mm-hmm. to play Santa fx in their barn tomorrow you know they're gonna be deep with the fans like i said you vic everybody wants a piece of them they're coming in and you know the hot shit so hot shit mm, <laughs> we're going um we're gonna try and turn this pot around our production staff aka our guy jamal here is gonna try and turn this pot around as quickly as he can that game tomorrow night is you're able to watch it on CBC Gem. You can stream that game on CBC Gem, which is so cool. I hope they do good numbers. And those games used to be on uh, one of the Sportsnet channels, but I hope they do get some eyeballs on those games. And I feel like I feel like they will. Like mentioned in the last pod, Canadian University of Basketball men's and women's is on the rise, and I hope some people are watching that. Yeah, I hope you turn off curling. Mm. And oh, then God. you just switch to <laughs> <laughs> switch to the oh, Uvic game, Lord please. Oh, and uh, good yeah, point. support good point. the support the Vikes, and and hopefully they they get the dub tomorrow, and then we get to Sunday, and probably going to be facing Carlton. I'm going to say, I mean, Carlton's got to face the GGs. They're looking tough too, so it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see how this all plays out. And and Carlton is the preeminent power in canadian men's college basketball and has been for probably 20 years now i mean the amount of guys that are playing pro out of carlton is huge they've won numerous numerous national championships carlton really is the powerhouse so uvic again ranked number one for the first time since 2006 heading into this tournament pretty cool if they clashed in the finals i'm tuning in for that i'm tuning in and i didn't go to uvic but that would be pretty cool game 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's going to be a, a great, great uh, vibes if we can get to Sunday for you, Vic. We want to also talk about just some other stuff with you, Vic, and, and that's kind of some things you noticed while you were in Carsa. You had some some bones to pick or some things to, to chat about a little bit. Well, it's it's not even that, JC. And and again, I didn't go to UVic. UVic didn't recruit me. I wish they did, but they, they deemed me not worthy. Jealous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their loss. Thanks. Their <laughs> loss. Um, I just would like to see. There's only three jerseys retired at UVic. UVic, the the preeminent programs at the University of Victoria are the men's and women's soccer teams and the men's and women's basketball teams. They don't have a football team. They have a club hockey team. So those really, those sports are really at the forefront. And there's only three jerseys retired that I noticed when we were at UVic on Friday night. You and I and Quincy, there's only three jerseys retired. And they really do have an illustrious history. They produce numerous All-Canadians. They've won national champions, championships through the years. Shout out to my boy, Eric Heinrichsen, two-time national player of the year. And they won a natty in 1997. North Island guy, just like me. He should be in the Raptors, as well as lots of the other cats that they've had. I, I was talking to a former player, and he sort of was illuminating to me that eh, there's just sort of this disconnect between the the management and the powers that be at UVic and and the alumni and the ex-players. He said to me that he had to pay to go to the game on Friday night, just like you and I did. He didn't even get a couple of free tickets. And, and as he said, to quote him, I'm one of the guys that built this new barn. Why, why former players don't get free tickets, free access... Um, popcorn and drinks when they go <laughs> at at the onset of the season. I mean, if nothing else, just to put asses in seats. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. There feels like, again, I'm an outsider of that program. I don't know much of the, about that program, but seems like there's a little bit of frostiness and, a, and again, a little bit of a disconnect there between uh let's call it management and and former players and also too with the alumni i mean uvic's a great school academic school some of these players ex-players have gone on to do really well in business and and life and why one wouldn't want to stay connected just for recruiting and budgeting and uh you know everything else that goes into the to the money side of of sports now is 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 really interesting why they wouldn't want to keep that the connections tight is um i find that quite interesting it's a bastion of the local community i mean everybody here knows you vic and and has a connection whether they're an alum or have a buddy that worked there or sure. went there or what have you and yeah it's interesting I, I feel like they should really keep that network going they have a lot of kids like we said, the uh, mafias from Oak Bay mm-hmm. and they've got some other kids on the team that are from Claremont from sure. uh, spectrum. So, you know, let's keep that energy rolling through with the local community to keep those ties going. And, and hopefully maybe, you know, if you're listening out there, you can make those connections and, and see if we can correct this. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it local for one more little segment here, JC. And I want to talk about another proud another proud black creaker like i am my guy marathoner cam levens yeah 
Now on Sunday, my guy Cam Levens broke the North American marathon record with a time of two hours and five minutes and 36 seconds. He set the new marathon record, eclipsing a record from 2002, an American who, who set that record in the, the 2002 Olympics in London. And my guy, Cam Levin, Cam Levin's just, just blew it apart on Sunday afternoon. He was on fire. He finished fifth, but man, was he ever cooking with gas in Tokyo on Sunday. I love to see a Black Creeker in Tokyo doing so well. <laughs> he was moving, man. 205. I mean, we can't even finish this pod in that much time. <laughs> we can't. We can't. It's cool, too, because a couple years previous in the Olympics in Tokyo had a really rough ride. was one of the last finishers. I think he finished 72nd to come back a couple years later and do so well. He went to the same high school as me. Shout out to GP Vanya. Mighty, the mighty Towies. This is the third time he's lowered the Canadian marathon record. Like I said, this is this is a new record for North Americans. Uh, so proud of Cam Levins. And I can remember, I was saying you off mic, I can remember watching him run down our street with his little curly hair running down our street. His parents live not too far from where my dad and I lived. And I can remember watching him run down our street. And my old man who was a runner was watching this little kid go by. He's about six years, <laughs> six years younger than I am. And I can remember my dad watching him run by and saying to me, now that kid can can run. That kid's a runner. Sort of look over at me as I'm sitting on the couch like, what are you doing over there? Right? You can't run like that. So pretty cool. He's always been always been a goer. Ran at the University of Southern Utah. Has been a pro for a while. Has a lot of high, has had a lot of highs and lows, some injury problems, but has persevered and and to come through on Sunday and set a new Canadian record, to set a new North American record, pretty dope. It's really cool to see him blooming right now, kind of, you know, a little bit of a late bloomer here for a, a distance runner of that length. Um, I think he's kind of hitting his stride at the right time. He's peaking now. Next year, 2024 Olympics in, in Paris, and let's see what he's going to do. You know, mm -hmm. if he's he's making these these breakthroughs right now, what can he do on the, uh, the main streets of Paris next year? Yeah. And you got to think he's a top five, top 10, hopeful. If he, if he continues to train like this, he's got a new coach who's from Victoria and he's doing yeah. really well. I mean, uh, just, just really proud of a guy from my little town, 3,500 unincorporated. Now I fancy myself the mayor at proxy. You know, if you've got an issue in Black <laughs> Creek, do send it to me and I'll solve the problem. But, um, you know, still spend a lot of time in Black Creek and um, really just really proud. And and like I said to you, and I think you can appreciate this from that area, you know, they claim to be from the Comox Valley or the North Island or it gets a little bit misconstrued. But my man, Cabin Levens, as I do, as well as all my pals and friends listening to this, we are from Black Creek. This is where we're from. And and he reps it as hard as I do. And God damn, I appreciate that, Jamal, because not not many do. And for him to be on this world stage and and be repping our funny little laud, some would argue less than spectacular, but I wouldn't say that. <laughs> little town. It just it just really warms my cockles. And I fucking <laughs> love it, man. I love it. You're Jamal. a real one for that, Cam. I know he is. He is. And again, watching him run down the street with something else. L let's keep it local JC right now. Let's slide into our, the sports glosses, favorite team, the Vancouver Whitecaps. 
Now, the Vancouver Whitecaps played on Saturday night in San Jose against the Earthquakes. They lost 2-1 again. Their second game of the season, their second result that ended in 2-1. Just like their first match, they had great possession. Ball control was all over the place. As I texted you that night, Alessandro Schoff, who turns out has 33 caps for the Austrian national team, he played really well. He was noticeable to me out there. Again, they lost uh, the Caps, the Caps, the Caps. They played on Wednesday night in a CONCACAF champion. They won 5-0 against a team from somewhere in South America. Apologies to that team. At least they scored five goals. I feel like that's going to get the offensive mojo working in the right direction. They play Saturday night. In Vancouver, the dome will be closed. BC Place will be closed, of course, because it'll probably be fucking raining as it always <laughs> is around. As it is around here, because spring will never sprung. Um, Still March. Yeah. Um, the caps are buzzing. JC, your thoughts on the caps, please? You know, they. You know, did have that setback on Saturday. Like you said, though, they had some good ball. It's nice. I'm trying to be optimistic. They're setting a foundation by playing stylistically attractive. And hopefully they can build on that, which they did, I guess, mm-hmm. with that. They that, are. That win on the Champions League there. Like you said, Mojo, confidence is everything. If you're a goal scorer and you see that ball go in the back of the net, that's only going to give you yeah. more confidence. Yeah. And that's that juice yeah. you need yeah. to get to the next level. So... I feel like hopefully they can build upon that success and come out tomorrow against Dallas and and make it happen because you want you don't want to be 0 3. You you don't want to start the year 0 3 in your domestic league. So let's see what they can get going tomorrow. I can't wait to watch um the Whitecaps versus FC Dallas tomorrow night on TSN. Err, oh wait, it's on <laughs> it's on Apple so I can't watch it cuz I'm not a subscriber. I cannot watch it cuz I'm not a subscriber. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. That's a bummer. The other thing I wanted to mention about their last game on Saturday night in San Jose, it looked like a chilly chilly night in San- Northern California and I love the chutzpah of gone I was going to say, San Jose, it gets a little bit colder. Than you. I used, I lived in San Francisco for four years, and it is deceptive. You can, this time of year, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just go out and just rip this shirt off. Let's Mm-mm. go, earthquakes. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Nipples going to get real hard. Jacketta, it's, yeah. it's getting nippy. <laughs> it's getting nippy. That wind's biting. Uh, that was my point, too. A lot of the, the, the fans in that game when I was watching on TV – they were into it. They were loud, TIFO in full effect, and a lot of bare-chested individuals there, both men and women. Maybe, maybe mostly men, but that's beside the point. <laughs> this ain't Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, look, it looked cold, but the crowd was into it. The crowd was hype, which I appreciate and respect. And it, it looked like a really, a really fun atmosphere. Um, when the when the earthquake scored this scored their second goal, the place was was erupting, and it was it was cool, man. It was cool. So if you get the chance, again, if you get the chance to go watch the Whitecaps, if that's in your zone, I highly recommend it. And the more people in that barn to um, when the Whitecaps score a goal and the Southsiders go crazy, it's pretty neat. Yes, sir. With that, let's take a break. Let's take a break.
Welcome back to the Sports Gloss. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to still talk about soccer, but we're going to talk about something a little bit more heavier. We've been working through this whole experience with the women's soccer team and, and their fight for equity. And this week, Canadian Tires stepped up. Justin, tell the people what happened. Canadian Tire is saying they are going to be the the proud and headlining new sponsor of a brand new Canadian Women's Professional Soccer League. Yes, sir. And I would guesstimate it's going to piggyback on what the CPL has established over the last four or five years. Um, the local team here is PFC. They have teams across the country all the way to Halifax, the Halifax Wanderers. And Canadian Tire has it stepped up um, with full throttle and said we're going to support this league in fact we're going to fund most of this league especially get off the ground and and create an infrastructure of professional women's soccer i love this we're building for the future right you're looking at the stars of tomorrow we're building on the you know the shoulders of the sinclairs that we talked about in the past you we talked about visual representation and you mm-hmm. have to have it our daughters our sisters you know, we have to see mm-hmm. what we want to achieve. And I think this is great that they're investing in this and it's going to produce an amazing product. We already have one of the best uh, national teams in the world. Sure. You know, World Cup's coming up. I think this is great. The kind of 180 that we were faced with at the beginning of the She Believes Cup, it, sure. it's really cool just to see all of the things that have evolved from that time when it was kind of an the nadir of the situation. It also creates like another level of infrastructure for you sports and now in, in sort of slides into professional sports, obviously soccer has these academies locally, nationally, internationally where the best, best players go to play. But this creates another level of that, especially within Canada, where a we're talking about the Uvic Vikes men's basketball team. But this now creates a place where the best players in in U sports, CIS can now go and play professional soccer, get paid, continue to train, continue to develop, yeah. find that late bloomer that can join the Canadian women's national team or go on to play a higher level of pro soccer. It's just kind of that that missing link between the academies and the universities. And it's just kind of that nice spot where some of these athletes can go and continue to develop. Wherein before that space wasn't there, they would have to join the workforce or they'd have to go, you know, sort of train on their own dime kind of thing. And it just kind of fills in that gap for some of these young athletes. I agree. And, and, you know, some of them are probably taking chances abroad and trying to make things work out in Europe or, other places and and they can now do that a little closer to home and and continue to develop exactly and there's something to be said for that because it's it's always interesting to me when you see players in the soccer world the the football world if you if you will abroad when they have to go and change to a different country a different culture a different language different food like all that stuff really does impact your ability on the field and I feel like if you can stay close to home, familiar setting, mm-hmm. build there, build something out of the grassroots, as we've 
obviously been really you know advocating for throughout the sports gloss at grassroots sports this is beautiful i'm really excited about it yeah me too and it also gives you gives something that is tangible that we can go take our sons and daughters to go see and 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 you can just like in the the canadian professionally you can reach out and touch it it's accessible in terms of its location accessible in terms of its price point and and we can go see high quality professional soccer with our own eyeballs and our own ear holes and hmm. it's right there and we can and we can feel that and i think it's super cool and and sort of the logical next step and and we were we were really slamming the canadian soccer federation a couple episodes ago and not that this really has anything to do with them and by the way they're still in really murky murky water but canadian tire stepping up and and um backing this league is it is a really big step so get in a canadian tire tomorrow get some plants get some mulch <laughs> get get a new blender jamal let's get it going i'm back with can tire let's go <laughs> springs around the corner springs around the corner you might need a new little uh patio setup so pop uh, in patio lanterns uh let's stay on a serious tip here jc yeah as we're I, talking as about I, equity as i get deep as i go deep throat <laughs> the nhl's issue that's arisen in the last little bit the most notable noticeable one was on wednesday night and that's sort of the relationship between the nhl and the lgbtq plus um sector if i can say community and community is a sure. better word thank you and and on Wednesday night, the Minnesota Wild elected not, not to wear their air quotes, rainbow warm-up uniforms um, for their game uh, for fear of backlash with their their paying patrons, um, with viewership, with everything they're aligned with. Now, that's the fourth team by my count, Jamal. That's the fourth team that's decided not to wear their pride uniforms in in warmups and again these 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 jerseys aren't being worn in worn in the games they're only being worn in the uniforms we had Provolov with the Philadelphia Flyers about a month ago that was a bit of an issue the two New York teams elected not to wear them which is still boggling to yeah, me yeah for sure and so this is the fourth team in the NHL that's decided not to wear the pride jerseys for for warm up. I'm having a tough time with this one, Jamal. I'm having a real tough time with this. It's four teams too many for me, for sure. I I'm really struggling with it as well. Like, why can't we do this? It's a really in the grand scheme of things, it's a small gesture. Mm. And and we're talking about everyone can play and branching out and mm-hmm. trying to reach into connect with different communities within the NHL and there's still this situation that's really egregious and I think hockey's gonna hockey unfortunately and they're gonna kind of just it's gonna be gone in, in a little bit here with the news cycle but I think um you know obviously it meant something to us that so we're gonna talk about it but I want to linger here for a minute I had a question for you in the face of this can we support players? and teams despite this homophobia like can you can you separate the two can we sit here and just say like i'm a rangers fan but they're not gonna wear the jersey i'm, I'm a wild fan but you know maybe i'm a part of the lgbtq plus sure. community i want to root for my home team or what have you but 
they're not rooting for me and they're not supporting me. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts there? I mean, let's be clear. The the pride jerseys in the warm-up, it, it's a bit of a token gesture in a sense. Yeah. But also, it is a gesture. It It is showing inclusivity. It is showing um, uh, an alliance with with this group of people and man i have a real problem with it also i find it really interesting that this is happening in big big metropolises like new york that obviously has a huge gay population for sure and i mean obviously all these cities are or teams are located in huge cities but really interesting that they haven't decided to um, be a little bit more progressive a little bit more inclusive and just kind of be that binding agent in in their community. I find it, ah, oh man, it, your point's right. I'm not sure I can continue to go on supporting some of these teams if they aren't being as inclusive as as in my opinion they should. I know that we both have like friends, loved ones, family members, etc. That are you know part of the LGBTQ plus community and. It stings, man. It really does. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm at, at odds with this, and I don't know what the answer is. I'd like to see some changes being made. I, I'll admit, you know, I'm a bit of a hypocrite in some facets because it's not exclusive to hockey. I'm a big it's NFL not. It's, fan. It's not. You're right. It's yeah. not exclusive to hockey. And, yeah, there's a, yeah, it's a bigger issue, but hopefully we can, you know, bring some attention to it and, and we can make some changes moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's a tough. It's a tough one, right? The these teams try to sort of promote once topical um, each month with what's happening in current events, as well as what's happening in sort of the calendar. And you like you like to do that, and you'd like to see young people who are watching these games feel represented at all times. And it's yeah, I'm I'm struggling with this one, JC. Yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds. Hopefully, this is the last of it. I'm trying to be optimistic here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see, but uh, uh, who knows? But hockey, step your game up. Step your game up. Let's take a break. Sure. the sports gloss we're into march jamal let's go friday night tonight sunday the brackets come out the sports gloss you're home for all the madness in march Woo! i am excited let's talk about ncaa basketball men's ncaa basketball for a second jc give me the top five top four give me give me who's looking good for those number one seeds when the bracketology Comes out on Sunday, please. Houston Cougars sit the Cougs. right now. Mm-hmm. UCLA, which is my all vibes team mm-hmm. right now, is at mm-hmm. two, three. I believe I totally just based on it. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah I kind of blank Kansas out of yeah. my. Uh, they're repressed in my sure. mind. So wisely. <laughs> Bama's number four, dicey situation at Bama. A lot of legal issues, a lot of guns in, in Alabama right now. A lot we could say there. We shouldn't say too much, Jamal, but 
Yeah, uh, lawyers. If, if you're familiar with us. the Alabama situation, it's it's dicey to say the least. Yeah, we'll talk about it a bit more. Our lawyers are still working some mm. details out. Five are your Purdue trains. The, so. bo- the Boilermakers and uh, Canadian Zach Eady cutting down the nets in the Big Ten tournament without while he's still flat footed. He didn't need a ladder. <laughs> didn't need a ladder. Just cut that shit down on his feet. Somebody's got to draft him next seven, year. Somebody's got to draft him. Seven four. Um, I'm excited for the tournament, JC. We'll see how n- next week's pod will have a lot of tournament talk, a, a yeah. great primer. Next Thursday will be the first day of the, of the tournament. Oh, my goodness. The best event in sports. You, it cannot be beat. Um, but there is, we just mentioned the top five, but a lot of the traditional powerhouses are struggling this year. The Louisville Cardinals are struggling. Patrick Ewing just got fired at Georgetown yesterday. They're not in. University of California, Golden Bears, Go Bears, had three wins this year and fired that sorry-ass Mark Fox. Yuck. Yikes. They're not in it. University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels, and your pal Hubert Davis, who lost in the championship game last year. Iffy, iffy. Yeah, and then the bubble for They're sure. definitely bubble watch for the Tar Heels. Uh, I have some family ties to the University of Michigan. Uh, Juwan Howard and the Wolverines totally shit their pants this year. And the end of game play was just horrible. They're likely out. Interesting year, as every year is with um, NCAA men's college basketball. But we'll see what happens come come Sunday when the brackets come out. And uh, as always, I'm I'm quite excited. Yeah, same here. Like you said, it's going to be an interesting selection Sunday. All those blue bloods, we talked about the haves and, and we talked about the have-nots just now. And it's... You know, if you closed your eyes and kind of reversed things, you you would you wouldn't know the difference. It was mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy just to see like these teams like Louisville, Georgetown, Cal not even get double digits in wins. Not like, even close. That's so wild to me. Um, when UNC, like I said, we're on the bubble. My guy Armando Baycott, pride yeah. of Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. comes back for this the you know senior year, has senior day, all that stuff, and just just really really bad he only had four points against uva and i feel like that's not on him Mm -hmm. i feel like the guards have got to facilitate a little bit better but Mm -hmm. damn that sucks and then Mm -hmm. you know your wolverines it's it's crazy but yeah so all those things are happening it's going to be an interesting year i don't feel like there's a clear-cut favorite which we'll talk more about next week but while we're talking about these blue bloods and kind of on their way out we should transition and talk about jim behan at syracuse and he is on his way out as well 47 years, Jim Beheim and his famous zone, the Syracuse Orangeman, now the Orange. Uh, shout out to Carmelo Anthony, Jerry McNamara. Earl the Pearl Monroe. Earl the Pearl, uh, Hakeem Warwick, um, Tyler Ennis, Canadian Tyler Ennis. Yeah. A lot of, obviously, a lot of great players. What a program. They're playing in the Carrier Dome. Um, I had a pal who went and watched a game there. He said it was unreal, just unreal. Um yeah, great program, upstate New York. 47 years on the job? God damn, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. We, we haven't been around on this earth for that long. Yeah. It's wild, man. And think 35 tournaments. He won the title in 2003 when Carmelo caught fire and caught mm-hmm. the nation's imagination as, mm-hmm. a, as a freshman. And it's wild. That 2-3 zone, I'll always remember. Beheim is like, how are these teams not figuring out this 2-3 zone? He does the same shit every literally year. every year. Yeah. And they always... 2-3 zone, full court 2-3 zone, back into the 2-3 zone. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's scripted. Like, he's he's got that 
thing in the DNA, and as well, they always have a shooter. There's always some they little white guy that yeah. could just bang threes. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm 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 interested to see where the, the they go. Uh, Adrian Autry, former Syracuse player, point guard. Point guard. Yeah. He's taken over the reins there. Like, see if he can still get that pull and recruit. Bayheim always did a good job of pulling guys from like New York City, yep. like to go upstate, which yes. is a big ask, you know. Yes, it is. It is. Um, yeah, the Syracuse Orangemen. That'll be really interesting to see how they proceed. Let's talk about your school. You're an alumni of Virginia Commonwealth University. Where do they sit? As we stay two days out of the brackets. RVA all day. Fist City represent VCU. Man, they're the number one seed. Good year for them. Yeah, they've had a great year. Number, number one seed in the uh, Atlantic 10 Conference. They're up in Brooklyn right now. They beat the AC. Where yesterday. Brooklyn at? <laughs> VCU up there. The Peppers mm-hmm. are there. Um, beat the eighth seed. Got the four seed. St. Louis Billikens tomorrow. They... Beat them, I believe, both times they played them, both mm-hmm. at home and away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always tough to beat a team three times in a year. But let's see if we can get it done. Get what are Sunday. we? What are we guesstimating as their seed in the tournament, JC? That's a great question. If they win tomorrow, they're going to play Fordham or Dayton on Sunday. High best case scenario, let's say, and we'll do locate uh, worst case scenario. Best case scenario, I think they could maybe crawl and crawl into like a five or, or a six depending on the region sure. and, and if they you know went out and, and do it in style but if they struggle a bit maybe they they fall tomorrow maybe my guy ace baldwin jr doesn't have a, a day you know maybe they're looking at like an eight or nine i don't still a great year for them and they're yeah. they're they're seated six to eight the vcu rams your vcu rams Pretty, pretty cool, Jason. The sports say? class riding with the Rams. We're going to start on the sports class. We're going to start laying down some paper right. on the Rams. I'm in. I'm all in. All right. I see you. I see you. I love it. Dare I say we are officially a mid-major now? Mm. I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, Yeah, let's see. I mean, hopefully they can, uh, you know, come around and and make some things happen and they get like a good seed and not too far away from home next week and they can make some noise in the tournament. 2011 was beautiful. Let's see if we can do it again. Give us a taste of that again. A couple of rounds, catch the fever. Yeah, ma'am. I'm going to talk more about that 2011 run maybe next week. I really want to dig into that and just... Oof, that was that was a, a wonderful time to be a VCU Ram. I bet. I Next bet. week is a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> alive because you know what? Tournament's coming on Thursday. JK, let's mm. talk about that Jim Rome formula for success. What do you need to do early next week so that you can optimize your watching capabilities late in the week? So those of you who don't know, the NCAA tournament, men's tournament starts thursday morning bright and early pacific time about 8 35 first tip it goes thursday friday saturday sunday and here's the key here's the key <laughs> to your week next week ladies and gentlemen when you roll into your office or your place of employment on monday morning you need to come in and you need to really establish that you're not feeling well <laughs> that's right a faux cough. Uh, um, um, I felt a, dizzy. Yeah. A runny nose. Even if it's not runny, just a, a handkerchief or a wad of toilet paper to let people know 
that your system is faltering a little bit, right? They need to know that you're not firing on all cylinders. That's Monday, right? That's the groundwork. Set the base layer, the base coat. Tuesday, you need to come in. You need to come in a little bit rough to the eyeball. You're not dressed as well. You know, you're a little bit disheveled as you enter your workspace, your <laughs> office space. You work from home, JC, so no one's going to know that you're not working and you're watching the tournament. I'm wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But but as we work through the week, especially Monday and Tuesday, listeners, you need to really let the people around you know that you are not feeling well. And God damn it, you're borderline contagious. <laughs> I got a question for you, JK. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You are the man with the blonde locks and the green thumb. You run your own business. What do you do? <laughs> Who do you report it's to? It's tough. That's a tough one for me. Well, I'll tell you, for the first time all year, I pray to the rain god that it <laughs> that it rain. I do my rain dance. I wish for rain. The only year or the only days I wish for rain. Thursday, Friday of the tournament, I wish for rain. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I try my best to keep my ass out of the pub because <laughs> I'm following the scores. I'm every day I, when I'm working, I listen to the radio and I'm I'm listening to the games and I have been forever. They're on your AM or your FM dial. I'm listening to the games on the radio. That's how much of a sports degenerate I am. I'm listening to the games on the Westwood one. You know, I'm I'm I listen to all the games. Would you say it's all consuming or all consuming? It's all cons it's all consuming, man. Unless it's a bloat, I'm I'm listening, man. That's uh sad but true. I listen to all the games and if the games are close or if there's a game I'm interested in, if the Michigan Wolverines are playing or our the sports glosses VCU Rams are buzzing on a Thursday afternoon, I'll take a well timed lunch break, a nice long lunch break two pints and a burger and I'll catch a game. That's interesting to me because yeah, man, there's, there's nothing like the tournament on that first Thursday or the Friday. Those games are just so fantastic and, and so entertaining. And that's, what's so cool about the tournament. Even if you're not a, a college basketball honk, men's or women college basketball honk. I mean, those are those great stories about the office pools where, where anyone can win because, oh, uh, my cousin went to Tennessee and, and then Tennessee goes through and they win the, t they win the office pool. So God damn it. Mabel and the counting won again this yeah, year. She always does. She always does. Right. She, she just picks based on the mascots. That's, that's right. So yeah, no, uh, it's tough for me, but you know, if you're working with other people, I'm in a, you know, in this case, a slightly fortunate situation where I can find a screen if I have to, but make sure Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, set the table, set the table, bring in a dicey food option on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, fish. Jamal's warming fish in the, in the microwave and the, in the, <laughs> in the teacher's lounge. Ooh, I smell a little bit of an upset tummy on Thursday. <laughs> let's, let's hit the couch. Let's hit the couch. Let's, <laughs> I'm dying. Let's shift gears. We're talking about how it's just an amazing uh, part of the sporting calendar. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Indian Wells right now. Just a little quick let's, hitter. Let's switch to tennis. I'm into tennis. You've got me into tennis, Jamal. You went viral last week talking about donkey cheese. 
So I'm just going to continue on that thread talking about Novak Djokovic. So as I expected, he wasn't allowed into the U.S. So he is not in the Coachella Valley and Palm Desert right now. Indiana Wells hitting some tennis balls with all of the other elites. Um, you know, it's interesting. I just want to talk through like the pros and cons with him being absent. It kind of removes a shark from the water for Indian Wells and for Miami because you don't have the number one player in the world, somebody who's great on hard court, someone who's in good form. Even though he lost last week to Medvedev in Dubai, you know, it's really interesting and it just asks a lot of questions and or raises a lot of questions, I should say. There's some pros I want to take away from this and just analyzing like where jo- Djokovic's year is going to go. You know, it allows him more recovery time and prep for the clay court season and for him to get right for Roland Garros and the French Open. More time to eat cheese, <laughs> more, donkey cheese. <laughs> more time to just feast on that uh, mm. delicacy. Mm, that donkey cheese queso, baby, let it ride. <laughs> he doesn't have to make the journey across the pond and, and get uh, on this time, you know, on this uh, this mm-hmm. body clock, if you will, mm-hmm. in the U.S., he can stay in Europe. Um, that's a, a hop, skip, and a jump, essentially, from Dubai, and train at his home base. Get ready. You know, he's had success, obviously, in the past with uh, the French Open, and with Rafa still banged up. It's it's interesting to see, like maybe he can take over and and win his twenty third Grand Slam championship and Jeez. and. Go to the top of that goat race if you're a, uh, no pun intended, with the goat cheese. But if you can get to the top of that with the, um, you know, eclipsing Rafa and Roger. The cons, if you want to look at it, you know, he can't earn any points because he's not playing these next two big Masters tournaments. So there is a world where Carlos Acaraz, my guy, wins this week, uh, or next week, I should say, wins out, and he becomes the number one in the world. And then Djokovic is left wanting, you know, so it's it's quite interesting. It's like an interesting thing. This is something that I think is unprecedented, really, which is just like him not getting the vaccination, not participating in these huge tournaments that everyone else is playing at that's able-bodied to do so. So it's interesting. And it also just is, I'm curious if he's going to be let into the U.S. for the whole and and Canada as well for the uh, the hard court season the mm-hmm. summer swing if he's mm-hmm. going to be playing in Montreal this mm-hmm. this year he's going to play mm-hmm. in Cincinnati he's going to play if I'm going to see him in Flushing in, in Flushing yeah. yeah is the U.S. going to give him that pass that the Australian Open gave him this year where he he went down there and he he won it so it's really interesting it's going to uh, you know potentially affect his legacy but I also feel like he doesn't really fucking care yeah. so it's it's really interesting and as well for me as a fan. He doesn't get to play with Alcaraz as often, and I want to see that. Your like, guy, your yeah, guy, Alcaraz. I want to see the best versus the best. We all do, and you know, less opportunities to see that. And Djokovic, he's in mid thirties; the, the clock is ticking. And as well, it's a nice transition to talk about. We've had so many amazing matches between uh, Novak and 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 Rafa, and Rafa's banged up. He's not playing. And in Wells, he's not playing Miami. He's trying to get right. He just had his uh, baby son was born like recently. I feel like his first kid. His first kid, man. I feel. Hopefully, like... he tunes in the sports class for a little parenting advice. Yeah, <laughs> we know how to do it. He will. He will. Rafa, this is the place for you. Mm-hmm. But I think. I hate to say it, it really, like, genuinely pains me to say it, 
but his days are numbered and that's mm. tough man i'm a rafa stand yeah i like rafa yeah and on that note i just want to acknowledge this is a crazy stat i heard from multiple outlets this week on march 20th rafa will drop out of the top 10 for the first time since april 25th 2000 Five. 2005 that's 912 consecutive consecutive weeks that's a record justin kelly what were you doing in april of 2005 <laughs> what were you up to 912 weeks ago yes sir oh man not a sniff not a sniff i i wasn't number one number one in the world in anything i'll tell you that <laughs> Jeez, i was uh, just had my 25th birthday. I was born on April 19th, 1980. Okay. Okay. Just had my Send the gifts. Yeah, man. <laughs> just had my birthday. I think I just moved back from Prague, Czech Republic, or mm. Czech Czechia. Czechia now, and in 2004, and I had dreads down to my shoulders. I was going to Monday night happy hours at Ipanema Cafe in Richmond, mm. Virginia. If mm. you know, you know. Chasing around a little bit of skirt, and <laughs> I was not playing professional tennis at an elite level that would sustain me for 18 years of being the top 10 player in the world it's a crazy stat that's a crazy stat man that's a good question i don't i was probably doing something similar in 2005 to what you just described minus the dreads <laughs> but your flow is unparalleled the flow was long yeah the, the flow was unparalleled though. we all know that a little long <laughs> with that let's take a break y'all Welcome back to the Sports Gloss. We talked about earlier how the Oscars are coming up on Sunday, and our Q&A with J&J is just that. It's touching on movies. I'm a bit of a cinephile, so I want to talk movies. The question is, what movies will you drop the remote for to just sit back and indulge? For me, I got a long list. I'm going to touch on some Tarantino films just to start. Pulp Fiction for me, you know, ageless, I will stop and watch at any time. So many stars, Samuel L. Jackson at the peak of his powers, the comeback of John Travolta, we've got Bruce Willis doing his thing. I love, 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 love Uma Thurman. She's Mm -hmm. doing her thing in there. There's Mm -hmm. so many quotable lines. That joke about the tomato and ketchup is something that comes to mind. There's the dance scene there. I Great lo- chapters when you dive into JC. When you dive into a chapter, like no matter where in that film, and yep. you just hop in, it's it hits. And even in that little section, no matter how many sections you're able to ingest, those sections are great. It hits so differently. And just the fact that the movie isn't a linear structure and the fact that like you can just jump in and and maybe the wolf's there trying to solve problems or maybe you got them in the coffee you know eating i'm sorry having coffee in the diner doing whatever it is 
Yeah, so Marcellus Wallace. What is he looking at? What is, what is that? Is this his soul? Is it gold yeah. bars? You know, Marcellus mm-hmm. Wallace will call in some hard pipe hitting mm-hmm. brothers to come in mm-hmm. and go meet medieval on that. You know what? Ving so, Rames. Ving Rames. So good. Classic. So that's one. And as well, staying in that kind of Tarantino universe, Kill Bill 1 and 2 is always something that if I see that, like I said, Uma Thurman, Peak of Her Powers, that does it for me. I'm noting a trend with the Uma Thurman. Yeah, I like her. It's it's evident. (laughs) But yeah, that that movie's amazing as well. I actually own it on DVD, and I can't say that about many, if any. Um, My wife will talk about the fact that I think two of the DVDs I own have, have Uma Thurman. Mm. So you're sensing a theme and Mm -hmm. it is what it is, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) that's a great one for me. I try at least once a year to watch days and confused little high school treat. Take you back. Yeah, man. Go down to Texas. That's Matthew McConaughey's debut. That's before the McConaissance. I'm catching my third wind. (laughs) That's what I like about them high school girls. Easy, easy, I get older, easy, and they easy. stay the same I think age. They know, I think that people know the quote. Yeah, it's a sketchy line for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> I do love that movie. Great show. It's got so many moments. I mean, I played high school football. There's some some of that. I didn't want to play my senior year. We can get into this another time. But I was a quarterback. Didn't really want to play. I honestly wanted to run cross country. And you had that pressure like uh, Randall Pink Floyd did. There's so many things in there. One of the best soundtracks ever. Great in a soundtrack. movie. Are Great you soundtrack. kidding me? A young Ben Affleck in oh, ben um, Days, so and, good, Days and Confused. A young Ben Affleck when he snaps and breaks that paddle mm. after he like uh, gets mm. the paint poured on him. Uh-huh. <laughs> that uh-huh. was. That was so good. So authentic. It was great. The lead character, the young lead character, always touching his nose and his eyebrows. and his... <laughs> Wally Wiggins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so con- good. Constantly touching his forehead nonstop, right? Yeah, man. I also like Redheads, too. So another Matthew McConaughey thing that, <laughs> that I groove with on that. But yeah, it's just like, it's wild. That movie is just so good. I watch it, like I said, once a year. And it's one of those things that it resonates with me. I find something different. It's like a, a, an amazing song where sometimes you listen to it and you're like, man, this bass line's amazing. Oh, what? I didn't catch that lyric the last time I heard it or, nice. you know, whatever it is. There's just layers, like many, many layers that are unfolding with that. So that's one for me. Another one I want to talk about is He Got Game. So good. Denzel. So good. I had to put Spike, a Denzel in A Spike there. Lee joint. One of the best for me, Spike Lee joins your boy Ray Allen. Mm, Shooters G- got to shoot. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus. Yeah, oh, that's a great show. Great. That's another great soundtrack too. Public Enemy doing their thing on that. Yeah, man, so good. I, I was thinking about that song the other day, like the the title title track on that one. And yeah, Mila Jovovich, uh, the multi talented, whatever you want to say, Rosario Dawson. She's amazing in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one on one game between uh, Denzel and Ray Allen, and just the levels to that, like the fact that you and I yeah. off air have talked about like playing your dad one on one, and the first time you beat your dad, and that's something I'm teasing because we'll talk about that on another pod at yes. a later date. Yes. It's wild, man. That is a visceral feeling I get, and there's so many layers to that. And then also the fact that he was, you know, playing for just the ability to stay in his son's life. And then the recruiting process. There's some fun stuff in there. Rick Fox making a little cameo. Little CanCon. Little CanCon. (laughs) 
We love Rick Fox. We up love here. her. Yeah, absolutely. Before do. he started uh, doing Hallmark films. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So there's just more layers, and and on the like kind of lower brow, funny side, just uh, Wedding Crashers is always so funny to me. Always good. Crab cakes and football. That's mm. what Marilyn does. So good. That hits home, that hits home for you, eh? You, a young, it does. you and a young Bradley Cooper and his his rugby jersey. Man, Bradley Cooper is so good in that. I mean, it's just like, and you think about where he's at now and how he's just kind of this douchey bro in that. And like, the, that was our introduction to him. He plays it well. He, he plays it well, as if he knows it well. And yeah, you got uh, Owen Wilson doing his thing. Vince Vaughn's got lines for days in there. Yeah. Some things I can't say on the pod, but yeah. it's amazing. Isla Fisher's amazing in there. Rachel McAdams, uh, uh, Christopher a, Walken. Yeah, it's composite. Yeah, just yeah. so good. So yeah. many things in there. The last one I want to hit is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't have cable, but sometimes I venture into the world of cable television, and it feels like it's always on, and it's, yeah, it should on. be because it's so good. Mila Kunis, I mean, just take a moment. Just pour one out. Like, it's just so good in that, just radiant and just so funny. And Jason Siegel's amazing. He's great. He's great. Yeah, it's it's just one of those that I the always va- the um the Dracula musical, the vampire <laughs> musical. Yeah. Die. Yeah. I, I love, can't. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and they're in Hawaii. There's vibes. Like it's so good. Like Paul Rudd as the like surf instructor, yeah, like yeah. do less. Like there's just so much going on right there. And like the last thing I'll hit in there is like Russell Brand. That's a tour de force. Basically he did that movie and I feel like that got him, get him to the Greek. Like, sure. He was just so good in that character. Like full, man. Well, he went full Russell Brand in yeah. you know, every sense. It's, it's amazing. It was great. So those are my, movies that when i come across them put the remote down hide it in the seat cushion throw it away doesn't matter what i'm doing i'm gonna tune in what about you jk oscars on sunday i i don't think i'm really familiar with too many on sunday sunday afternoon but to piggyback on the question and your uh, my category is denzel movies let's hear them yeah so Number three, he got game. Yes, sir. Great, great show, as he stated. Number two, American Gangster. Ooh, yes. Great soundtrack, Jay-Z. Like, so good. I mean... Rock Boys in the building tonight. Is anyone else can just walk up and just, like, do that to Idris Elba in any other movie or show? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I'm going to slip in uh, 2B. Hmm. Ethan Hawke and Denzel training day would be King Kong and got nothing on me. I mean, there's so many lines. What a film. I mean, anyone listening to this has seen that, that movie. I mean, that's, that's a top fiver, but for me, my favorite Denzel movie and as sort of how how I worked out this category is man on fire, a young Dakota fanning, fanning, um, Denzel in Mexico playing this sort of um, decrepit, angry, hateful uh, sort of secret service agent who's on the way out, doesn't really enjoy his life, his relationship with this young girl. So good. Um, the violence is so good. The interpersonal stuff is so emotional and just grabs your heart. Yeah. I fucking love Man on Fire uh, with Denzel. 
directed by Brian Glazer. It's so good. If you see Man on Fire come across your screen in any sense, check out a section of it. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, uh, Former Jennifer Lopez husband, uh, Mark Anthony's in (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> kind of has this weird role. It's interesting. And and again, Denzel and Dakota fanning her character. Oh, man, the connectivity. It's super cool. Sort of based in like Guadalajara. So there's sort of the, um, the uh, Mexican influence in it all. It's really great, man. I, it's a wonderful flick. IMO. Love it. Yeah. Speaking of Man on Fire, earlier this week, I felt like a man on fire when I was working through some stuff with Mm. my kids. So let's do a little bit of parenting tonight. Let's do it. So for me, you know, I've talked about this before on a pod that didn't make it to air. And we talk about it, you know, when we just converse on the phone during the week and stuff. I talk about being a mad dad, a bad dad. Hopefully you're not a bad dad, a glad dad. Sometimes you're a sad dad. And tonight I wanted to hit on a few things about maybe like a mad dad, glad dad moment. So briefly, just run you through some things that went down this week. Um, one of our buddies asked us about what do you do in a situation where you have hangry kids, you know? And I was thinking about this because I actually had a hangry kid situation last night. So Nico stayed, my six-year-old Nico, he stayed over after school, hung out with some buddies at a friend's house. I went over, picked him up at about five, brought him home. And we sat on the couch, watched a little bit of Indian Wells tennis for a bit. And I didn't really know that he was a ticking time bomb, but indoctrinating he was. him early on the Indian oh, Wells. Oh, yeah, that, man. Yeah. He's a lefty. I got to get him watching, like, got, get that slice serve, like, just indoctrinate him, you know? Heck yeah. And we're just sitting there watching. And my kids are not great at communicating things, <laughs> communicating things before they get to a point of no return. Sure. So it's a situation where, you know, normally something like this, like when's dinner going to start or like I'm hungry is kind of a, like, you know, just a little bit of a warning. You got 10, 15, 20 minutes of here. My kids are like, when it's, I'm hungry, it's like, I was hungry 20 minutes ago. Now I'm fucking starving. Delayed start. Yes, sir. So we're sitting on the couch. Nico's like, I'm hungry. And then it just devolves into like, he can't use his legs anymore. He's just crawling around the floor. He's whining. He's going just livid, like Mm -hmm. just needs to have things. So then what happens with us? It's that, it's that, um, excitable nico's that and dante are that excitable without a little blood sugar level yeah when the the blood sugar level is just dropping dip dip below a certain uh, threshold it's it's all bets are off we're rolling on the carpet (laughs) (laughs) for sure so we got to that point unfortunately and it was a situation where we had to play my favorite game like what do you want to eat so we're playing like would you like Pasta with pesto. Mm, pasta with pesto. Would you like grilled cheese? Like all these things. And it's all no, no, no. I could have asked him, would you like a billion dollars? He would have said no. Because that's the mind state he was in. He was just no first. Ask questions later. Fresh Atlantic lobster. <laughs> a little surfing turf. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cracked dungeon ass. <laughs> so he's hitting me with all these no's. And then I'm just kind of like at a loss and Julia steps in and it's like a situation where she can kind of remedy and be the panacea for all of this. 
and we get to a point where we're offering all these like delectable items and then he just gets to cereal cheerios Mm. just cheerios and milk so you know it is what it is we get him to the table get him on those the, the cheerios and milk JK almost instantaneously. Like I don't even know how fast those little metabolisms work, but within two minutes he goes from like I will destroy you devil spawn to singing and dancing, mm. gleeful, just like I got some food in the belly and I'm having da, 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 da. From zero to hero. <laughs> from zero to hero. So he's doing that, and it was just one of those things where I went, and I was just like a mad dad because I'm just like, all you had to do is just communicate your needs to me, and I will fulfill those needs, and I've given you a viable list of options. Sure. So that happened, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. So after that, got him to bed, did all that stuff. Then it was report card week, as you know. Hmm. And I was just like, I'll take a minute here and I'll read my kids' report cards. I'm still a bit, you know, steaming, like Willie Beeman. And I'm just sitting there and I'm reading and the kids got decent report cards. Like, hello, hello. Not trying to flex, but they were pretty good. Like, uh, BCU, get ready. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things. I was like, oh man, they're doing really well. And it's just really funny because I feel like the duality of my kids, like, to me, they let their hair down and they expose all of those, you know, just foibles and things where they feel, you know, comfortable enough to just say, like, I'm fucking hungry and I need this right now or whatever it is and whine and moan and all that stuff. And it was a reminder to me that sometimes when I'm looking through a certain lens and I'm just thinking, oh, man, this is so difficult and my kids are just really giving it to me you know they're at school and they're shining and like amongst their friends and everything they're having a good time and i always typically hear like great things in response to like other parents spending time with them and things like that so it's just really funny it's it's a it's one of those idiosyncratic things and Mm -hmm. just something i wanted to acknowledge so Mm -hmm. i was a glad dad at the end of the day came full circle on it eh? it it did man it did what I want to acknowledge in the in our parenting section here, JC, is on Tuesday nights we play basketball. We we put we run the kids through some drills. Natalie and I run the kids through some drills and some skills. And I gotta tell you, I didn't anticipate myself coaching much, especially at these early ages. I always thought I might kick the coaching can down the road a little bit. But ah, Jamal, man, I've really enjoyed working with these kids and it's these are grade twos to sixes and it's, you know, preliminary stuff, but it's been a real hoot working with these kids. And it's something I really look forward to every Tuesday. I look forward to that section with the kids. I look forward to our time together on the other end, playing three on three and, you know, lighting up, you know, a local naturopath if it has to be done. (laughs) No, you're great. I was going to just say that my kids always say that you, you're their favorite basketball teacher. So keep doing what you're doing. Basketball teacher. I love that. I love that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And thank you. No, it's it's a great time. And and what I wanted to say was, so, so our kids go to their, our Tuesday night festivities at our school. We play basketball. Like I said, we do drills and skills on one end. The adults play some games on the other. 
But Jamal, to me as a parent, man, my favorite part is the walk home. I got about a 10 minute walk home with my daughter after our Tuesday night run. And, and what I just described, I meant, I, I love doing the skills with the kids. I love playing on the other end. But what I really love, the highlight of the night is, is walking home those 10 minutes and, and listening to her, uh, dissect and examine and ponder, What happened that night, the highs and the lows, the things that went well for her, the shots that she hit, the shots that she missed, um, the other kids, all of it, right? Ruminating and marinating on it. Like that's, it's so interesting to me. I I freaking love that, man. I, I love that. We walk home. We've got some indoor basketball now, basketballs now, so I don't let her dribble the ball on the way home, right? So she's like, oh, she always wants to dribble, but I won't let her do it. And, and we get to a certain point, and then, and then I'm like, hey, look, look, you know, there's the little dipper. There's the big dipper, right, on our walk home, which is, which is super cool because it's, kind of it's kind of a late night yeah. at that point, right? Everyone else in our, in our house is asleep. So it's it's neat to be like, hey, look, there's a little dipper, and we're looking up at it, and we got our basketball gear, and it's 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 one of those moments that sort of transcends between my dad and what my dad did with me and what I want to do with her, and just to let her know, like, man, this is the good stuff. This is the yeah. real neat shit, right? We just went and played basketball with all our friends, and we had a wonderful time. Glee was at a high level. And now we're walking home and we're processing what just happened. And I'm just really conscious of that. And in next year, my my middle child, my middle daughter will be there and she'll be part of that. And I just feel so fortunate to have that, right? Like that, I just, I just love that. That that walk home between the gym on Tuesday night, night post-basketball and getting back to our place, that is the absolute highlight of my week. And there is no question, that is the absolute highlight of my week, pal. That's beautiful. It's real. Like I know that feeling and I love that you're expressing that. That's so cool. And I'm very conscious of the fact that, you know, quite quickly, quite quickly, the compass in our kids will change, right? Like we're our eldest speaking for Jamal. If I, if I may, our eldest are eight and you older parents out there listening and God, we appreciate you listening to us. That the compass shifts and it it renumerates to to their peers, right? And it goes from the home the home space, mom and dad and the siblings, and it spreads out and it focuses on the peers, which is totally natural, which is exactly what happened to you and I, right? So I'm absolutely aware that this little moment of time doesn't last forever. So I want to be absolutely as present and as focused as I can be for her. Well, we're walking home and she's telling me about our time at basketball, which is our favorite night of the week and her day at school and then looking at the stars and whatever else comes up. Like I try my best to be absolutely present for that because because that compass shifts, JC, and and the next thing you know, you know, they're in their own world, which is the progression of things, you know, and and that's what I'm trying to focus on on those in those moments, pal. 
good on you because I totally that, that that resonates with me because I think about that often. I think about little things like the fact that I can still like cuddle my kids, mm-hmm. like just like hold them sure. in my arms, pick sure. them up, walk them up the stairs, like with them on my back, little piggyback action or whatever it is. Because I know that that is fleeting, unfortunately, and sure they'll move is. on to be their own people. And like you said, they'll go on to their own endeavors and be, you know, uh, engrossed with whatever they're doing and their friends and things. And it's, it's, it's a trip, man. It's kind of scary. It's very scary. It's kind of scary because, yeah. Like, yeah, there's been like your babes for for so long. Sure. And they're going to hit that point again as people who know they know. And it's, um, yeah, man, it's a hard one to, um, to navigate. Yeah. And, and also the other thing is like, I don't think that they are aware of that evolution because obviously we, we've lived more life than them and we know. So it's wild just to be like, when you kind of have that foresight of like, Hey, let's spend some time together and do this. And something that may seem insignificant to them really hits for you. And you're just thinking, man, I just want to make this moment last forever, whether it's like a long weekend somewhere on the beach or something, or like that walk home that you were just like talking about, describing so beautifully. Yeah, it's 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 nuts, man. It's, it's uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're getting older. They're getting older. It's the, the passage of life. So it's, it's, it's quite intriguing, but it's awesome that you were able to just step back and reflect on that and share that. And it's really a beautiful way to cap off this pod. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I try to do that every Tuesday. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Thanks for sticking with us tonight. Um, hitting you on a Friday night, trying to bring some of that Friday night energy. Really love the feedback we've been getting. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, Tell all your friends about us if you if you feel so inclined. Um, we are on Instagram at the Sports Gloss. We'll put some stuff up. I'm sure this weekend I'll be busy working maybe on the meme machine and trying to put some things up there too. Trying to get this pot out on Saturday if I can. I got a lot of things cooking this weekend. Lots of tennis. We got lots, lots of tennis. Lots of tennis going. I'm yeah. playing yeah. 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 Good this on, weekend yeah. and lots of things as we said as well. We're going to talk about some uh ncaa basketball as we alluded to earlier next week so be prepared for that deep dive and lots of other things q a and j and j will be back we always love to talk about parenting as well tell your friends tell your mama tell your sister tell whoever you know (laughs) the sports class is only building steam really appreciate all the listeners out there big 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 time jc um episode five in the books Five and counting, my friend. Making it happen. Really appreciate all y'all listening, sticking with us. As always, whatever you're doing this weekend or this week, strive to survive in advance. Peace. Catch Catch you next time.